0: Footballers' Lives. Life After Football is brought to you by the Phoenix Sport and Media Group. Presented and produced by Richard Lenton.
1: Hello everyone, welcome to Season 2 of Footballers' Lives. In this series, I'll mainly be focusing on players who've successfully transitioned into alternative careers. Some of them away from the game, while many have remained in football, either in a central role or on a more peripheral level. This episode features the former Manchester United, Spurs, Everton, and France striker Louis Saha, a man who Rio Ferdinand described as the perfect centre forward, and who Wayne Rooney named as his ideal strike partner. Goal! Up to Ronaldo. Now they can shift it quickly. Louis Saha with Cristiano Ronaldo in support and only two defenders for the moment. Saha shot! Yes! Sadly, Lewis's later career was dogged by injury problems, but it's through adversity that he began building for his post-football life. He now runs Axis Stars, an organisation that helps big-name athletes secure business opportunities. And as you'll hear in this podcast, it's something he's incredibly passionate about. Where are you living these days, Louis? I,
0: I live in mujan uh, in so it's near Cannes.
1: I don't know if you know. Oh, okay. So you went, you've you gone back back to France. Yeah, I used to holiday in Provence every year, so not too far away.
0: Not too far, yeah.
1: Always next to a vineyard that does nice rosé. Okay, Louis, I'm going to take you back to May of 2014, so not that long ago. You've, you'd retired, you'd been retired for a year, but you turned up for Ledley King's Testimonial and scored a hat-trick against the... Spurs first team. So, did you not suddenly think, what on earth am I doing retired? I'm only 33 and I'm banging in goals against Premier League opposition. <laughs> no,
0: I think um, it was um, still, I think, like, when you look at a uh, career, when you look at uh, up and downs, you look at your fitness, you look at your family, you look at all those uh, elements that build... Um, You before a game, you know, that like fire that you have, um, that competitiveness all um, was not in the right place for me to keep going. So, whether I feel like my fitness was like really letting me down the last few years, I was struggling. Then uh, I felt like maybe my mojo was not there anymore. So, whether you feel like uh, you still got it, still I feel like. I wanted to still remain at the top and play at the top and and I wasn't like being able to do it um as much as I, will, I like to do it and so all those things make you take a decision. It's a hard one it's really tough, but um maybe after two or three years you still have on the table some some offers you you look and you you say uh no preseason is not for me anymore." <laughs> no, so. So all those things uh, make make it hard, but uh yes um I, I feel like as a competitor because more than like the guy who wants to enjoy and and all this, I want to win, I wanted to win, I wanted to 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 hurt my defender in a way that uh, they, they they leave the game and say, "Oh yes, I had a tough day, you know uh, today so it was it was and when you don't have that anymore um and i I was not playing for fun I, 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 was not me so it was hard for me.
1: Yeah no it's interesting I remember speaking to Benoit Astuicotto about this and he got criticised for what he said. Um, I asked him if he enjoyed playing football and he said no I don't enjoy playing football because the pressure of being a top level footballer is unbelievable. I enjoy playing football with my mates back in France and he got criticised for saying that but I totally understood where he came from. So are you now in a place where you can just go and enjoy football and it's almost a completely different life to that football, professional football life you had?
0: Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. I think I totally understand Benoit and, um, and the way that he's a competitor. He wanted to win, he wanted to play, he wanted to train hard. So maybe people on the, on the outside can't see that. They can't see the sacrifice. They see, oh yes, it's, it's, it's great fun because you have like uh, 40 to 50 thousand people uh, wishing to be uh, at your place and and and, and your privilege and, and I understand all this. It's it's for sure. But when you had a career like maybe along the way, like five, six, seven years, uh, you know you have to really maintain this uh, the, the, this um, fire inside you, and that's not easy. You no know? pressure then, like build up because people expect more. They expect uh, it is at least the same, all those things make it up. So me I was like like never in a position to actually enjoy it on a on day, you know. It was like it was when I retire, I say, Oh, I done this and I done that. And I don't feel like maybe some us are better to do it because social media and they can see the impact they have and all this, but back in the day, I don't think that we were that aware you know that we didn't have that connection with the fans uh, apart from, from uh, the stadium and now you can, you can talk to thousand million people you know and, and hear about uh, their opinions in some way mm-hmm. so it's, it's a bit different interaction uh, um, and personally in terms of like going into uh, a games like for fun, was, um, yes because I love my sport and, and I will transfer that uh, with Benta. That's, that's the same kind of pressure. You don't want to be uh, emulated by anybody and all that. But uh, yes, it's, it's a different extent. And obviously, I don't have that much um, based on what I do now. But uh, yes, I always like being a competitor. And I think that football was my main one. But any, any site, any platforms, um, I like to, to, to optimize and do the best. So it's really hard for me to... Yeah, to switch off that uh, kind of bad spirit uh, or bad computer element in me.
1: Yeah. no, that's interesting also what you said about social media there. The English media, and to a certain extent, the French media, um, some players can be quite distrustful of them uh, because of the kind of sensationalism that was out there. So, for a professional footballer at the top level now, to be able to cut out that middleman, if you like, and speak direct to the fans, that's absolute manna from heaven, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I think it's something that you, you need to be managed. But when you do it well, when you have that kind of like connectivity, you you feel backed uh, by your fan, and 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 really, uh, you know, I, I think that this is, this is great. Uh, of course, sometimes you lose a bit of authenticity because you don't protect your much uh, yourself that much anymore because you try to to look good all the time, to, to mm-hmm. pretend that you're super strong, that you you don't care about things that much as you so some like managed to do it and the best example i think is someone like paul pogba or obama young the, those guys are not the typical one you know they are, yeah. they are extremely talented and 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 they express it you know they really like smiley and, and do things like maybe not everybody can do i wasn't able to do it because i felt like i had to you know have to be really focused on what i was trying trying to do and all that and and this is what I think that those guys teach me. And I really like this because they're still enjoying it. They still do the best, they're hard workers still. Uh, so it's really hard to have that right combination. So I always feel like uh, social media when it arrived was a really big disruptor. But uh, in some extent, yes, you managed to uh, emphasize the control of what you want to bring on the table for, for the fans, for, for anyone. So you have a bit more control and whatever you feel like uh, you, you can uh, remain authentic, it's really, uh, it's amazing tools.
1: While we're talking about social media and what top level footballers should be doing now, just give us an idea of, of what AXIS Stars does. So
0: there, there is like, you know, when the star join, uh, we have like, uh, in, uh, before that, we have like uh, created some kind of like due diligence to every partners. So this is safer. So every opportunity that the stars will receive will come from a safe uh, service provider. The the beauty of the actual service for the stars is like they build like a LinkedIn profile where they can put their interests, what they like. So it could be fashion, it could be art, but it could be sponsorship. It could be media work. All those things sometimes it's quite hard to do it uh, alone. So you can't raise your hand and, uh, and try to call Barclays or or you go boss and I want to to endorse or to go to your invites. It's, it's rare, you know, you always have an intermediary in, in, uh, that's gonna do that. So what happens is like, for example, a broadcaster is looking for a star because uh, he has been let down by someone else. So basically, he can push forward to all football players, for example, a uh, publication saying that he's looking for a pundit. Um, who played in the, you can't say that, but he, who is like um, um, kicking the, the box in terms of like playing in the Premier League. So the whole the description will be inside the description of the of the opportunity. The guys clicked, uh, liked the offer. It was paid, re- remunerated. And, and here we go. So this deal was not possible because um, you will have to, uh, for the broadcaster to contact uh an agent or, or whoever you don't have the contact you're struggling to actually identify we managed to get that extra um, connection um to the actual stars which is like it's uh, obvious some retired players sometimes have less uh, uh support than when they were playing mm. so this is one of the actual um situation and showcase What uh, happened also is like you could have like someone who's got some like big, big uh, uh, influence in one particular market. So maybe in uh, Asia or or Australia, what happened is like uh, one brand who have like one product that you want to actually uh, dispatch in a a different market, find an ambassador that is able to actually help this company to to um, yeah, to make people aware in this particular market. So this is stuff that sometimes uh, if like these guys is, is uh, not aware of his market value, he won't know about it. Mm. And at the same time, the actual partner may think that it's too big or whatever, he won't contact these guys because he thinks it's too big, but he don't know. What we, we, we provide is that kind of access or direct access to these guys to be able to actually decide by himself Yes, I'm interested. And then, if he wants, he can actually put it back to his lawyer or agent and say, "Can you negotiate this?" This is mm. basically another uh, ecosystem where the actual star is a bit more in control, and and it's the same like the uh, in terms of like um, uh, outcome. But the actual control is still in the, in the end of the of the stars where you decide that you like it. Then the agent is like. Uh, uh, the uh, and uh, the finalization of the contract. So this is typically the type of uh, of, of things that we think that are very interesting. Yeah. But we have managed as well to put uh, a marketplace where uh, all those uh, companies can put a product, and as like a Amazon or whatever, you can actually purchase this uh, a product directly. It could be very unique product. It could be uh, some uh, limited edition um as i said uh, it could be as well some very brand new uh, product that some uh, company want to seed, uh, want to show if they're, they're good so all the stuff are available and by having this uh combined with all the information and combined with the sponsorship you make them come back quite regularly and which is the thing that is quite unique
1: yeah yeah no i think i think it's fascinating I, and it's really interesting how it developed from retiring and actually writing a book and then it came from that so I was going to talk about that a little bit later because I was wondering when you were young were you interested at all in business and this kind of world or anything else at school for that matter or was it literally single-minded discipline to being a footballer?
0: Um, I I will say that uh, it appeared to me that uh, I always look at innovation I always like love tech I love uh, um read about people who has managed to do new things and all that so I was like keeping an eye on this but uh, never thought that I would be like proper business, I, I wasn't even thinking about retirement until I get like properly injured so to be honest I totally understand why those stars right now who is 18, 25 whatever doesn't think, doesn't look at uh um, those tools available or those programs available, they say it's just like very focused and it's really hard. So my um, situation happens when I get injured um, big time. And I realized that this uh, feeling where I felt like I was invisible and it will last for 45 years like a golf, golf player wasn't realistic. Um, and this is why uh, I think I'm starting to look at uh, what people do uh, in that case and, and what... Uh, option that I have I, I realized then that I didn't have like much confidence in my uh, credential in business I didn't have all those um, I would say uh, diplomas or, or network to help me to do that it's like a lawyer and giving me all the template for free it doesn't exist no, no one is here to give you access to everything they, they will charge you the service every bit of information so I, I knew that on my own times, if I wanted to do something, um, uh, I need, need to to do it uh, by my own, you know, my own terms in some way. So that's why I get into the process of learning and trying to challenge what was the statu quo and and said it's it's like this, you know, you have to you have to go through agent, you have to go through um, those programs, and I don't think that's right because mm-hmm. internet has revolutionized everything. You have access to everything, so why can't you? Facilitate access to those uh, information. Mm -hmm.
1: Again, it's a story that I've heard so many times from professional footballers where they don't start thinking about what they're going to do in the future until they have to think about it. Mm -hmm. So I'm just wondering whether things should change from the bottom up. Even at Clairefontaine Academy, for instance, was... Was there never any thought? Was no one saying to you, look, you may not make it as a top-level footballer, so maybe you could do this education programme? Was there none of that? Was it literally just football, football, football? No, but,
0: yeah, but there is a difference, you know? There is a difference of communication and education. And mm. communicate is easy. You could say whatever those sentences is nice, but to make him understand that he has to do it is a different step of call of action. This is what is done. You know, unions or clubs or all of them, they all say this. Yes, you should do this, you should do that. And then it's like they've done the thing, you know? But it's not enough. Those guys, you know, that have like every single things in their industry, the ecosystem, make them comfortable. They mm. the, all the control is now uh, up to someone else. So don't assume that those guys will call you and say they ask you this, ask you that. No. Every day, everything, or especially for football, everything is, uh, is put on the table for them. They, they've been washing the, uh, the, the, the shoes, the, the meals is looked after, the bills, everything. So then you say, mm, you think that those guys will actually go out of this zone of comfort and pick up the phone and, and do two, three hours, or maybe even one hour a day about learning something for mm. them. No, they've been taught to do something completely different. So it's easy to say, oh, yes, you should do this, you should do that. And then it's over. You, you have done your thing. It's not enough. You have to educate. And educating takes time. Yeah. You have to commit yourself and say, I, I invest in a program where those guys have to do it or uh, have to, you have to put an ecosystem together that help those guys to do it. You can't just like throw yeah. them and say, yes, i pay you, or I'll give you this, I'll give you that, and then you, you don't know. You, everybody knows, like we are children. We only like uh, 10, away, 10 years uh, away from uh, being, being stopped uh, school. We're still babies.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. It's true, and if you keep giving like, that sense of like fragility, you don't know this, you don't know that, you should not do that because be careful that because they don't do nothing then because everybody, every, every time they've been um, um, recognized that they, they're not able to cope with this industry uh, alone, you know. So, of course, they're not going to do it. They, 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 they are on the same times as a competitor, you tend to show no weaknesses. You don't like to speak to an expert. Because yeah. the expert will show you that you don't know this, you don't know that. Whoa, hang on a minute. It's like, it's ego, but it's human. So you have to, to, you have to facilitate communication, but education, because uh, every, every agent will say this and say, oh, yes, I've done my job. I told, I told him to actually uh, look after his finance. Okay, he's done his job. No, that's not enough.
1: Mm. And is it also a case when you trying to become a top footballer. If you start doing education programmes, maybe a young player is slightly concerned that the club thinks he's not 100% dedicated to being yeah, a footballer. You're right. yeah, yeah, you're right. This is, this is where the mentality
0: needs to change. You know, the, a club, wherever you think this, they will have like a uh, repercussion where like, if like a player is well prepared, you think that his finance is sorted, it's like he's it's like it's free in his mind. It will be, I don't know how many posters I can't like pick and figure it, but I will think that he will have a player like completely dedicated because he has been a teach to look after his things early on. But if they, they don't think that he's right and they make him oh, like a baby and you should not do this, you should not do that. This is basically what happened. Those guys have like on a background, things that you don't understand that happen. And they won't open up because they don't want to show weaknesses to you. They don't want to show exactly what you said, that they are not focused. So they, they won't say when they have problems. And this is what is, is is wrong. And 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 from a moment where you get the player realizing just just like realizing how beneficial is gonna be, but this difficult for them, but how it's gonna be beneficial when they arrive throughout their career. Oh my god, because this is, this is a life. A career is not about what you only uh, play as a football player because right now I still live from my football mm. because of what I actually experienced. whatever my, my legacy is right. You know, I, I actually played a certain way with education and all that, but this is because of what I've done that I'm still working now. I'm still being paid. I get even more educated, more equipped. I will be like more uh, like in a position to enjoy and you know that so they have to understand this is not it mm.
1: i think what you were able to do though and hopefully that applies to other footballers what you can do is pick up life lessons along your journey that you yeah. can then use Now i know you've mentioned that you know, you had a, a pretty strict Caribbean upbringing in Paris and that helped with your discipline and, and that obviously helps moving forward and being single-minded. And it was interesting what you said about that loan spell you had at Newcastle from, Net, uh, from Mets. I think you missed out on the FA Cup final. I think you acknowledged then that I need to work a lot harder. You know, I need to work harder to gain that confidence. So is that something that, that you managed to do, learn a lot of life lessons along the way?
0: Yes, yes, that's definitely, I was like lucky, lucky to learn sometimes the hard way, sometimes the easy way. I, I just had like, for example, you learn from, from, from someone else, like we talked about it uh, with Rio, uh, with, I uh, oh, forget his name, but uh, captain of uh, rugby, uh, um, where they say, oh yes, I, I actually learn to be a leader by being with leaders. And this is what you have to understand. You know, you can't like just come and be a leader. You know, you, 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 you get it, uh, you understand the diplomacy that you have, uh, you, you need and need to manage and all those things. And it's the same during the journey as a football player. You need to really understand that you have to learn your job, but you have to learn what's gonna happen next. You know, you have to anticipate. And this is learning because every single thing that you're gonna do when you have a better picture you will do better here. Mm. Because it's like those guys said to you, oh, when you do this, when you do that, you, you, you will enjoy. And at the end, it's a journey. And all those things are, it's a misconcept. You know, the people tend to, to use the fear factor to control. Mm. So this, whatever the people around them, you know, they say, oh, yes, don't do this, don't do that. It's to control them. Mm. It's to, to, to it's, this is what I think um, having mentors in uh, in uh, Stars is really strong. Having I mean, like the people like Rio Ferdinand, Jason Park or whoever who had like a massive career and have the way of communicating because they have been leaders. It's really helpful for a youngster who still don't know who maybe his parents don't know who maybe his entourage need to improve. So all yeah. those things are really hard to find in other platforms like Instagram yeah. or Facebook or whatever. This is not the place for that. So, We know that by having like a private environment for them to actually share those stories will make them more comfortable to actually learn.
1: Well, I was going to talk about mentors next, actually, and it seems like maybe in football, professional football circles, they are few and far between in a way. But for you, you left Mets at 21 with a pretty unremarkable goal scoring record. Yet Jean Tigana takes you to Fulham, plays you up front as a nine, 32 Mm -hmm. goals in your first season. And obviously you never look back. So from a mentoring point of view, how did he make you feel?
0: It's, it's funny because there is one part definitely because uh, I had a relationship with him as a, he was my agent before. When he moved to Fulham, he couldn't be an agent anymore. So uh, I was under another wing. And basically, us, like it's funny, but maybe just before leaving to Fulham, I had a, a, not a serious accident, but I had an accident where I just like become very selfish. I wanted, to, I wanted to be the one, I wanted to score more goals. I, I didn't want to play wing, winger anymore. So all this uh, happened at the right moment because when uh, then the, uh, John Tigana asked me to come, he wanted to, to, to make me play as a striker because I was scoring goals with the under 21s. Mm-hmm. And this is what happened. He said, yeah, you should be trying uh, to play number nine. And, and then, as I said, people need to, what we said about learning is this, they need to learn themselves, personal development, make them maybe like two or three times better than they are right now, because they, they stay in the comfort zone. That comfort zone is maybe good, but who then knows, like maybe by like developing something inside, like whatever is anger, whatever it's like competition, whatever it's like, like fear, but you use it correctly, you become someone else. I mean, I mean, like this is what happened to me. I was like really like the nice guy. If I play, if I don't, I don't care. I was like really like uh, enjoy. And then, no, no, no. It just something happened. And so, I mean that it was not me, but I didn't discover that thing. And this is what I think every manager, every coach should look for. They, they need to develop personally someone that like this. Maybe the player could be like who knows. And I see this to. To to players like uh, Marshall for me, Marshall something happened to him. I don't know what is it, but I've seen in his game. You know, from the guy two years ago, I can't recognize the guy. Mm. It's just he developed and he developed personally to be a better player.
1: Yeah, that period with Fulham and John Tigana, seems like it made you more kind of single-minded and focused about your own journey. So when you played that game in October 2003 for Fulham at Manchester United, you won 3-1, and I remember you having an absolute worldie. Psychologically, before that game, or whenever you're playing against big clubs, are you thinking to yourself, I can have a life-changing game here that puts me in the shop window and can elevate me further? Or is it just a case of it's just another game?
0: Um I would say, because I'm wasting this mentality, I was proud to say that I'm very relaxed about things. I don't overthink. I don't Got try you. to project myself too much. I just like, as I said, I'm very focused about competition. So I look at my direct opponents, my defenders, and I want to not destroy them, but I want to help them. I really want them to finish the game and feel like, whoa, it was tough. It was like really tough. And, and this is what my focus was. I was, like, trying to find ways to upset those guys. And basically, of course, it's to score goals. But uh, I was really focused on that. And whenever you feel like you're going to play against the best defenders or the best team, I feel even less more uh, relaxed. I feel okay. way, way more relaxed because the pressure is on them. They don't know me. They don't, they don't know how to, to actually cope with what I'm going to bring on, on the table. So... You know, if it doesn't work, it means to not work because those guys are the best. So I always felt very relaxed, you know, and, and this is, I think something that was my strength on, on this. Uh, but I always felt like I was still playing football. So it was, I'm not going to war or something like this. So so it, it, it's good, you know? So I always like took this as opportunities, um, it's like taking a penalty. For me, it was like, I've got more chance to score goals by striking than not striking and being fearful. I you know, I have like fear, you know? No,
1: no, no. Yeah. I think a lot of Manchester United defenders that day actually persuaded Sir Alex Ferguson to, to then sign you.
0: I think, I think in, in a way, that the, the game where I felt way more dangerous for United was... Uh, my first game back in the Premier League with Fulham, yeah. and we lost three-two. To be fair, I, I was felt I was like, yes, maybe in a better, better shape after. But still, I remember the game as like uh, something was like more special because I felt like the defender really couldn't cope with me. So, yeah. uh, and and I knew like because they don't know me. Uh, yet uh, they so you have always an advantage because they don't they don't anticipate your runs they don't know you so mm-hmm. it was it was really good but this is this is what i'm saying like when you have those opportunities mm-hmm. you you really uh, everything is possible and mm-hmm. if you have like a slight chance just like really believe in it because this is how you're gonna give m- more chance to you you know but if you don't Will reduce you will reduce this number, you will reduce the, 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 the belief and this is what I always take as a as an advice um, to really enjoy the moment and try to to take the opportunity.
1: Yeah. How does life change when you suddenly join a massive football club? How did it how did it change for you? Is it literally overnight?
0: And to be, to be fair, you know, it's, it's strange because I didn't feel like it changed massively uh, from Fulham to Manchester. It, Fulham was like very, um, let's say, a family club. You know? It's like, you know, they make everything comfortable and that. But Manchester was the same. So basically when I arrived, none of the players act like stars. I thought that they were like maybe like with no big title. They will, all of them were very respectful. So, Oh, it made me feel very comfortable. The manager was like, like, like uh, as I expected. So I was no surprise. Maybe I did uh, uh, receive my hair dryer and I realized that in terms of competition, I need to step up. But uh, the actual environment was even more protective. So basically, the manager knew that the players need to be protected. So basically, he was going into the press every time protecting his players. So yeah. none of the stories apart maybe from maybe a few players where I had like maybe an issue with them, but all the times I was really protected by the, by the club. Um, so never felt um, exposed in some way. I was really yeah. focused on my football. Everything was done in certain way for making sure that I, I was competitive and, 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 and do my stuff. So I really felt like it was not a massive difference. Yes, organisation, pressure, but all those things were things that I really liked. So I didn't felt um, I didn't take it
1: in a bad way. And obviously, there were some big characters in that first team dressing room. And do you think that's important as well to get the right character? And I think Roy Keane would still have been almost running the dressing room in those early stages.
0: Yeah, but. Um, as you, as you recognize, because I, the only thing that I'm really struggling with is uh, injustice. You know, when it's dishonest and stuff like this, I really, I, I just can't cope with it. So any club that I was, I was really lucky all my career. I felt like I was like, yeah, really uh, with the right people. Because if, or maybe if they knew that uh, I won't mess around, I, I, you know, I, I won't take it. So I never felt like this. So what could be like all the players that you mentioned, like we could be leaders. They couldn't be dishonest. They mm-hmm. couldn't lie. They couldn't. But if you are motivated, you show, uh, you know, desire to improve, you show commitment and all that. Wow. i embraced this. I really, I really loved it. And this is why I joined this club in particular, because from the outside, this is what I was seeing mm-hmm. I knew, and I may Like, look at other clubs, they may have this, but I felt like during that time, especially after 2000, after winning the 99, uh, the Champions League and all that, Mm. I could see the competition. Even if there were friction and all that, I was seeing like four strikers who wanted to play, who wanted to win, who wanted to score. And I felt it was like, it it was the atmosphere I was really looking for it forward.
1: Okay, and that's really important for your development, isn't it? To have that competition. Yeah. But presumably it's a friendly competition because you are all squad mates at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, definitely. So it's, it's what, it was like really in a good place. There is no, um, you know, you want to win. So it was like based on train. It's not about like vicious things, vicious talk or, you know, sometimes you could be, you know, people's going to see the president and stories, you know, you could hear. And I never felt it was the case, so it was based on the training, uh, who deserved and, 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 and who scored more regularly,
1: regularly you know, it's like, yeah. that's it, so it was very fair. Yeah, okay. And when you joined Manchester United, what about off-the-field pressures? Do they suddenly become more magnified? Do you suddenly approach more by financial advisors people offering you car deals new agents wanting to get involved with you and if so how did you cope with that yeah
0: that was tough yeah that's that's the the bit outside where for, for example I remember how the press or how people were behaving with with Cristiano or Waza and I say oh my god I just don't want to be involved in anything like, you know I, it was too much, you know, I could feel the pressure on their family and the only thing I wanted to do is to protect my family. So I was really annoyed by that. So I was really, really scared. And basically, yes, you have like a lot of people coming understand that you are fragile because there is a lot of uh, things going on, a lot of proposition on the table. So they just like say, oh yes, it's scary. Oh yes, you can't do this, you can't do that. So all those things are very negative uh, uh, energy. And you have to protect yourself. And sometimes you as well protect yourself from things that are good for you. Mm. So it was really, really not good because it's like too much noise doesn't help to actually take the right choices. So I felt like during that moment in time, uh, it it was difficult for for, for me. And and, and sometimes you make mistake uh, based on that, only based on fear.
1: Well, you've got to have good people around you that you can trust yeah. because, you, like you say, you want to focus 100% on training, getting in the team, playing, scoring goals. So how tough is it when there's so much money involved to trust the right person to take care of all this off-the-field business?
0: Yeah, it's, it's almost like, it's almost, I would say, difficult to say, but uh, it's almost, almost impossible to trust you always have to understand that you have to look out for, for the stuff and, 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 and verify things because at the end of the day, if it's like taking you five or 10 minutes or 15 minutes extra to read a contract, to understand properly, to ask again maybe a, another lawyer, it's fine. It's not about like, oh, yes, you don't trust me, this, trust me, that. No, it's your life. The, the guy, if you end up like have like problem like Cristiano or Messi with the stacks and all that, is you going to be on the press, your name, not his name. So you really have to take those 50 minutes, maybe the extra call. And this is like sometimes ego, because you show that you don't know. Mm. You show that you don't trust. So you're not that nice guy, you know, even if it's your own affair, you're still not so nice because you don't trust the guy that is, you know, is like certified, is like dedicated to you and all this so what we have as an option is to put ourselves all together all together to actually get that kind of understanding get that kind of like access to those guys who are certified and make them in a configuration that they have to work long term mm-hmm. they have to really understand that if they mess up someone will uh rate it badly uh, you know, and rate them badly and say, no, I wasn't happy with the services. They need to be accountable. Mm. They, they need to. Otherwise, you should not be touching stars if you, not want, if you don't want to commit on this. Yeah. Because you have like, access to, to some very good clients who can help you grow your business. The fair, the fair deal is to make sure that the, the client is very happy.
1: Yeah. And there needs to be this filter, doesn't there, between the footballer, and the opportunity? Because we've seen agents, even when they're related to the player, screw them over.
0: Yeah, so th- this is what I'm, s- I'm saying again, Wh- whoever, as a company, as an organisation, as an agent, as a family member, as even fan or clubs or whoever, stakeholders need to understand that they need to help those people. And, and this is very important because after the new standards will help everybody. If those guys get properly uh, serviced and all that, it will, it will go down then. Everybody will, will try to do the same. And this is what we, we, uh, we need to understand. I mean, like, until things are changed and things are done in a way that people are uncomfortable, whatever the stars were, because stars crew as well, uh, agent, for example. Mm. Those things should not happen either. Should not. You know, you give you you give your what, you say you're gonna do this, you're gonna do that. Mm. And this is what things maybe sometimes maybe an agent's gonna say, hang on a minute. I know that some of those players are gonna screw me as well. That's why I, I took my money right now, because maybe in two years is he's, he's gonna go and didn't really appreciate what I've done for him. Mm. So this is as well a problem. So accountability is for everyone, integrity.
1: Mm. I suppose it's the, the word trust is really difficult, isn't it, when there is so much money and, and these players are almost seen as huge opportunities for these guys. But let's go back to when you first started at Manchester United because, again, I remember you were absolutely flying in your first few games, weren't you? I think it was seven goals in your first ten games. Were you at the peak of your powers then, do you think?
0: Um, I, don't, I don't think so because... Uh... I, w- I was like uh, still discovering my teammates and, and understanding the, you know, the tactic and all that, uh, but I, I felt like really connected, but, um, um, I had, um, those moments, but I didn't have big spell mm. where I felt like one year, two year, I can improve and all that. So it was a bit frustrating in some, in some way. Um, but, uh, I always like, remember the uh, moment where I improved. I didn't feel like I improved that much when I arrived. I improved after. Okay. My, game was, yeah, my game was better. I felt like more in, in song with the tactic of the, of the team. That's why I think the next year or two, uh, we won the, the league. This is where I think I felt connected.
1: Well, I think Wayne Rooney said that you were his perfect strike partner, which must have been very nice to hear
0: yeah very nice it's uh, always a comment that uh, uh people uh remember uh i do appreciate that because he's a top 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 player you know and mm-hmm. and basically he was doing the the run for me <laughs> he was doing the the hard work uh uh down the channel when he needed it and all that so it's an amazing player and at the same time he can he can score he can pass he can uh, really put his body on on the line so amazing player.
1: yeah well, who knows what would have happened if, you hadn't, if those fantastic spells that you had hadn't been broken up by injuries. When did the injuries start and why do you think you, you kind of picked up so many? Was there a particular issue that you just couldn't get over?
0: Yeah, it started in 2004 and I went to the championship in the Euros. And basically what happened is like my Achilles both were inflamed big time. So I was like playing with a uh, E-Race. Yeah. And then when you try to compensate, my knee went. So it, it was like those kidneys actually killed me. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's basically it. So through my career, I always play with pain and always like try to manage my knees. Uh, and when it was the right one, the left one was going after. So it was, yeah, every, Every six, seven uh, months, I had like something to cope with. So it was really bad.
1: And psychologically, how difficult is it to deal with? And did you get down?
0: Yes, very very much. So I'm I'm very positive. I was still felt lucky and I was like very positive and all that. But still, when you look at, uh, you know, trajectory, I don't know how you say this, you know, trajectory. Yep. Yeah, so when you when you look at players like uh, Wayne and, and Cristiano and and and, and Gizzy, all those players were very constant. You know, they all played all the games, managed to improve their awareness, tactic, and all that. Me, I was like had like one month or two to come back to my level to just try to. So all those things, all those moments where I was in the gym, I was like boiling. I mean, like boiling because. My, my competition or my competitor was an injury. It mm. was, was not my defender or defenders, you know. I was, like, really annoyed. Couldn't do nothing about it. And, and it, it, I, I don't think that it's got the time to go into your head where I was lucky, as I said, uh, by being west in this mentality where you always look at the positive. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't, like, uh, frustrated uh, myself to a point where I felt... Where well, even in my life or personal life, it was that bad. No, I don't think I was, I was like this, but uh, it was tough.
1: And do you get support at clubs when you're injured? Because I've heard lots of players say that when they're injured, the manager won't even speak to them, which can't be good for your mental health either. But did you get support at the time? And was Ferguson still keeping you involved?
0: It's difficult, I understand what, uh, what you mean there because it's true, you know, you're not. Uh, with the boys, you don't, you know, crossways apart from the the table and the medical room. It doesn't 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 feel right, you know. So sometimes you could go away, and you don't speak to, you don't have the interaction. So maybe those guys say about the game and oh, we should have done this, should have done that. You're not in the conversation anymore. So it's it's quite tough, you know, when you you love your your sport, you, you love competition. So it's it's really hard. And and having a club, it's it's funny, but. Uh, yeah, it could be working well because a yeah, love of moment like this um, can be decisive in a way that's how you come back, you know, because when you, for example, I had a, another another injury and I remember going to see the manager and say, oh, yes, you have to take me back as I was like a, a reserve player, you know, and, and basically his what was saying, no way, you are top player when you come back, you come back with us and, and you're going to be playing in fire and all that. So could imagine the, the actual impact. I was walking in the gym like maybe one or two hours more mm. because I wanted to prove it, uh, it was right to trust me.
1: Yeah. Well, I know you worked really hard to get yourself fit in time for the 2008 Champions League final, United playing Chelsea, of course, but then you were left out of the squad. I think you just picked up a little niggle. Was that your worst moment in football? And were you able to join in the celebrations or did you not feel part of it?
0: Yeah, it was the, the, the most paradoxical moment because, yes, through the game, I can see myself uh, be decisive and scoring goals. And uh, I was like, absolutely good. It is the first time and last time I, I cried for a football game because, yes, again, I was with no competitor apart from my injury. So I remember in my room before, before the game, Trying to to do ice, try to stretch again, try in case the manager could maybe change his mind or whatever was like still possible with a with a um, an injection of like uh, cortisol whatever it was like magic, whatever I could have even take drugs, you know, whatever it was, I was like so so like uh, in song with the uh, with the event, you know, the the final of Champions League for me was even bigger than. Than the, than the World Cup because um, I felt like it was uh, um, all the year. So mm-hmm. we worked so hard to get there. It was like so uh, in line and to have like a final, a British final, you know, like having two a Premier League club in there, it, it was like, everything was here for me. So I was like so in vain. and and, When we celebrate because we won this, I was like so happy, but deep inside, I have to admit that I was like so frustrated that uh, I wanted to leave the club. Mm. I wanted to leave the club because I couldn't bear it anymore.
1: And can you look at your Champions League winner's medal now and think about everything you did leading up to that final, or is your first thought when you see that medal about injury and not playing?
0: um i don't live in the past so i don't look at uh i don't look at my middles or my shirts as much no i don't but uh, i could say if i do it i will feel frustrated um because i don't feel as much as i've won it i don't feel like i did um because i didn't participate to that final um and for any competitor you ask any player i think you will answer the same
1: yeah well that was the end of your Manchester United journey but I read that as a kind of form of therapy for getting over this, that's when you started writing uh, and that developed into the book Thinking Inside the Box. Tell us about the process of that. Yes, I
0: felt like um, I wanted to, to leave uh, an information, a book, a guide that could help other players um, that go through this journey. Whereas well, I was saying from the start, what is it? I'm not saying about my story because I actually pick up uh, stories from others. Uh, try to understand from the fan perspective, from the club, from, from every angle to understand exactly how to actually help those guys if they go through that. Uh, targeted to my brother at first, to help him because he is, he's talented. And then uh, I realized that uh, during the process of writing, alone without any uh, ghost writer, that, um, that I managed to actually do some kind of therapy. You know, I was like kind of like helping myself to actually put words on feelings and, and, and those words were carefully uh, uh, chosen because I know that those words had an impact on my family, had an impact on my fans. had had an impact and I said, whoa, I actually lived those things, and Mm. as I said, I was not very good at uh, taking the moment, the right moment. So imagine, it was the moment I write Mm. those those words that I realized that this happened, and uh, I I thought that it was really, uh, yes, really important to build what I'm I'm doing right now, because I knew myself even more. I understand what happened to me. I know what I wanted, uh, I know what I don't want, uh, and all those things, so it was really good. And this is why I'm talking about the personal development. That was one of them, because you have to do a profiling Mm. about yourself and understand who you are. Then you you pick up the thing that you think that you need to improve, then Mm. you become a better person. I couldn't do it during my career, it's not possible, and I don't advise anyone to do that. Because it's really tough. Apart from a ghostwriter, yeah. but like going into details and then do a proper walk when you have to walk on the a, on, a, on the next day is impossible or is is damaging.
1: Writing that book and getting it back from the publisher, seeing it for the first time does that. And I understand how big an undertaking it would be to write a book. Does that go down as one of your proudest achievements?
0: Yeah, hmm. it, it does because as you you realize first I was not the best at school and then when I say this, I was like, not very uh, uh, quiet at school. I always like shout and, and, and do my stuff not in the right way, let's say. Um, so tr- trying to do this and, and and really felt like I was helping others when you have, um, you know, gone through all the process and understand the industry of writing a book and all that, I say, oh my God, they, they actually do that. It's unbelievable. I mean, like, it's really tough. And on the same time, as I was, like, translating the book French to English. So it was really tough because I didn't want uh, any of my work being taken out of context, uh, you know, making sure that everything was in order. So I really, I, I done it, you know. And then maybe it was, like, two years ago, so someone in a congress, like, Uh, I was like doing some some kind of uh, uh, intervention uh, on a a certain topic, I can't remember which one. Um, And they actually, uh, yes, asked me a question about my book and say, oh yes, you actually uh, managed to have a massive impact on this when I read this and I say, whoa, one another where you feel like even if, like, he maybe he didn't sell a uh, thousand and thousand and thousand, he actually had an impact. Mm. So I was really pleased with this.
1: Yeah. And were you starting to write that book when you were trying to resurrect your career, if you were like, at Everton? Were you, were you, doing, were you doing them both simultaneously? And at that stage, you also really looking ahead to what you're going to do after you retired.
0: Yes, I was like in that process already. Yeah, I knew that my time will come. <laughs> and uh, I felt like, um, and I needed to do it the, the right way with uh, that first introduction about, let's say, business. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, try to be a bit outside my comfort zone. So this is the, the first process. It was tough. But I really, I really like the actual, uh, you know, you need to be organized. You really need to understand who you are. And I was walking um, when my, my babies were sleeping. So mm-hmm. when the, the house was like completely dark. Because I really need to focus and I'm very, again, it's wasting this. I'm easy to distract, you know. So during the day, I couldn't do anything. So I really learned to organise myself and and be very efficient. So all those things uh, were really, really good.
1: Yeah. And how do you look back on your later spells of your career? Because there were certainly still some highlights, weren't there? At Everton, you scored the fastest FA Cup final goal. Of all time, and you had some spells where again you looked electric, but were there, was it always still battling with injuries, or were there times where you were fully fit and firing
0: there, there is moments, yes mm. there is moments, but uh toward the end, let's say the last two years, yes, it was tough because physically, I was like going to just a moment where you have too much pain, you have like uh, uh, less enjoyment to have pain because before I was like, it was okay, it's part of the game. I'm still lucky. I took my inflammatory and took my my, my pizza and we we're going to be fine. But I was feeling like it was like really taking a toll uh, mm. out of me. So I just like, enjoy the, the banter I enjoy the battle, the competition. I enjoy the pressure. But I started to not enjoy the, the pain. Mm. I didn't enjoy the actual, you know, the that that process of like medical and all those things pre-season it was just painful yeah so yes it it was starting to make it hard everything was getting harder so yes i I felt like 35 when i i finished at at lazio it was maybe not the best moment Uh, i could have maybe gone like two or three years but um i I felt like my body was like saying i don't know
1: even someone as single-minded and determined as yourself, did you still struggle with the loss of routine and maybe the loss of identity after announcing your retirement and moving on? Yeah,
0: definitely. It was, it was like a little death where you understand that this mentioned that like routine won't be there. I really like them. I was like, I don't know, like uh, taking my shower like for an hour or something like this because I really like hot water. And I was like, oh. and all those things were now off. Oh, That I had to do it uh, at home and certain hours, and you know, like was, you know, it was completely different. I I like uh, my meals and like uh, to go about uh, before a game. You know, the, the 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 day before a game was very special for me because we had that kind of banter, little games, and all that. It was really enjoyable. The 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 peak of adrenaline coming, you know, when you have like that kind of pressure when you leave the bus or just being in the bus before a game. All those like moments where you feel like is is an identity of your privilege, you know. Because I, I knew like everybody would want to have that feelings, you know, to be like uh, surrounded by topless. And when you recognize that uh, you're gonna be like um, not in this configuration anymore, yes, it's painful.
1: How long did it take you to get over it and to? realised that there was life after football and that you were happy with life after football? Yes, I think when I decided to
0: retire, I was happy because I knew that there is like a big part, I would say 70 to 80% of me was in something else. Hmm. 20% is souvenir, 20% is like the actual, uh no the, the pleasure that it brings. And, and sometimes, you know, when you go and you, you be it and you watch a really nice like feature and you say, Oh yes, I wish I could be in there. But the the actual eighty percent drag me back and say, you know how hard it is to be in there. Mm. You know how much work you need to put in there, how much how much uh, how much runs and two hundreds or usually that you have to do, you know, all those things say, listen listen, I'm be with what I've got now.
1: <laughs> well looking back on it, seven years on from being retired, is being an entrepreneur as exciting as being a footballer?
0: it's I will feel like right now what I'm doing I'm a bit more excited okay yeah it's it's a strange one to say I don't think that anyone can can say that but what I do now as a challenge is like it's like the harder it is the better the success the better the proud you you will be and that is definitely way harder than anything I've done on pitch I mean it's like Yes, uh, people will realize if uh, when they say my story. But my God, really
1: that's, tough. And how busy are you? I suppose it's a little bit different than being a footballer and training two hours a day.
0: That's that's what I mean. That's what I said. It's like it's a proper job, and I I, I don't mess around uh, with when I walk. This is what is my problem. I don't now. I'm trying to organize a bit more, but. Uh, uh, I could be working 18 hours a day, you know, like, bang, bang, bang. I don't sleep that much, so I've got my kids, like, uh, uh, so I have to, to, to be there. But the single thing that I do is to what I, I really believe in. So every single thing is connected. Right now, I'm very obsessed. I've never been, when I was a, a football player, I think I was, like, gifted. I was a hard worker, but obsessed is something different. Mm. Obsessed, I think I know who is obsessed about football, Cristiano Ronaldo. I wasn't Cristiano Ronaldo, I was like really dedicated, but I wasn't obsessed, no, I don't think so, he was just an animal, I don't know what, how you can describe this, it's an animal.
1: So was he always out doing more work than anybody else?
0: It's, it's not about only hard work or something like this, you know when you look at his eyes, that is like 90% of what he's thinking is football. Me, I don't think this. I I, I don't think that I was. I was like, like thinking about things. I wanted, but I think I don't know him like inside his head. But you look at the eyes of the guy. You look at what's gonna come out from his mouth. Ninety percent is football. Mm.
1: This is obsession. So, do you think Cristiano may struggle when he has to finish? Because he's, very, he's in his late 30s. He keeps himself incredibly fit. But at some point, he is going to have to stop playing. So, will he struggle, do you think, players like that? I think that it will depend how,
0: how you see things, you know. Because he's, he, he, went to, he went to a career where you can't accomplish anything else more than what he's done, you know. It's like you, you can't top it up, you know. he's yes. giving. Is all. There is no regrets. So when he decides to actually stop his career, he'd probably be the only player on earth with absolutely no regrets, no frustration whatsoever. Mm. I mean It's like, even you say, oh, maybe Messi will have, like, like, wish to play in another country or, to, I don't know. He's mm. done all. He, he experienced everything. I mean It's like, you can't have it. <laughs> You're going to have it better than him, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. So those players are obsessed. You know, I will say that I put the Messi in the same bracket. You can feel like those guys only think about that. Maybe less Messi because he seems to be uh, like a bit more relaxed uh, in, in things. Maybe. He yeah. appear to. But Cristiano is intense. Yeah. And I, I respect that. But I am the same now from what I'm doing
1: now yeah I suppose it's a case where obviously you can't just live on your achievements and your memories you will still need to find another purpose in life I'm not talking specifically about Cristiano but can you see why so many footballers and sports people successful sports people struggle in that afterlife
0: yes I do I do Uh, because of what you mentioned you have to stop your routine then you have to accept that you don't have the same competitor or some same competition, you don't have the adulation of people. You are now uh, back in the normality in some way. Then you appear to have like less, less, uh, less skills in what you're gonna do. You have to relearn something, and you don't like it. You just like it's not you. You always like used to be the one who plays, the one who scores, the one who defends well, who's being praised, and now. You start from the bottom. Some people have like more skill than you. They have like degrees and that you have nothing. And if you do, you still have to prove that. So all those things from someone who is nearly 40 40 years old now is really tough because you may, depending on how your career went with financial uh, security or not, you will have like less option. So as much maybe pressure. And on the same times, you still have... Less people around you to give you the right advice during that time because those guys, most of them disappear. Mm. They decide now they're gonna look for someone who is younger, who's got like a a better market value. And then you start to realize that those deals are not there anymore. So you realize that then, now when those bills are coming, there is no salary coming to cover it. And you realize that you're not so protected anymore. So now you're exposed to make more mistakes mm. and nobody still will tell you that you are not the best. You're still the best, you know, in the eyes of everybody. So, whoa, I'm, a, I'm gonna be okay. So this comfort zone, this bubble, remain long enough to actually be in trouble. You, you have to realize that during that moment, the, the quicker you have explored this bubble, the quicker you have learned, you have given you more option, you have like anticipate all those things because everybody will come uh, to that point anyway. Mm. It's better. You have more options. You have If you're lucky and you are a Christian or someone who has like a massive career and earn three million a year, or whatever, it's fine. It's gonna be okay. You will have like things or time to recover and, and all, the, all sorts. But yeah. the one who is, uh, in the middle, kind of like being exposed, being a good player. Yeah, it could be in trouble because one divorce, one bind, or two bad decision in business, where you have to put the money uh, uh, back into a business that you is falling down. You don't want to put uh, to lose this money. You put one million or five hundred. You put another five hundred because you don't want to lose this money. Yeah. And oh, hang on a minute! Now all my savings are gone. So all those
1: stories are regular. Well, there are far too many of them, aren't there? And there are obviously lots of players who've been conned out of money or they've lost money with divorce settlements, etc. And one thing that you never get from the public, a jealous public, is any form of sympathy whatsoever.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. But as you could expect, you know, because during the career, if I speak about anything about the society money-wise or this law this uh, pn or mp has done this or done that i will be hammered in the press the the people as well say oh him in his bubble and that. what are you talking about you don't know you're earning this money and all that so you know that basically you're not even entitled to say anything about this then when you finish you of course they say oh man you're earning all this money and now you're stupid so no, no, no one will really help you there. And, and on the same times without like being scenic because that's not the truth, people around you will try to help mm. you. But some will feel a bit more comfortable because they feel like now you're back to normal. So mm. you, you, so it helps sometimes badly, I think, their ego. Mm. So some people see this and say, oh, okay, so you, you, you're not so special. Mm. so it does it does tend to 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 go even towards maybe people who should be helping you
1: yeah well it's crazy isn't it even marcus rashford who's doing amazing things for Um, poor people for poor kids gets criticism gary lineker Um, gary lineker takes in a couple of refugees he gets criticism footballers can't do anything right anything that's that's because as I said, this character have the,
0: this ego. First, you could get attention because you're saying something that nobody really expects because those guys are doing something good. So it's really tough for those who have not the same platform as Rashford. Rashford is followed by, I don't know, maybe 10 million people. He mm. could do those things and have an impact. But imagine someone who has like maybe a few followers and known and all that, and he's trying to do good, People still hammer them and say, oh, what do you think you are? And, and hang on a minute, I'm trying to help. And, oh, but yeah, you do that because you want more followers. You hear those things and you say, hang on a minute. And this is where I think Axis Stars could help on, on those terms because or any like uh, environments where you try to define that those things has been backed up by not only one player, but by 100. Mm. So you can going to 100 players to do something like this. It's, it's beneficial for everybody. It does help not only one image, it helps like all of them. And they may have done it individually, but it has been backed up by whatever the platform. And this yeah. is what could be done because too many people uh, stop good people to do good. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. And you know, it was like something, um, my, my friend sent me a video of, uh, of a lady was like criticizing uh, uh, people, stars to take picture with black uh, children in Africa. Hmm. And I get it straight away. I say, oh, yes, I know because it's like using and trying to get uh, sympathy and saying, oh, you see how good he is as a man or as a woman. And, and also, I understand that. But at the same time, you can't stop those people really genuinely want to help in Africa and take a picture uh, because it just seems like tea and we want to make people react maybe in some way. Mm-hmm. Well, I try to get to the point, I say, to have the criticism saying that you should not do that is bad because some people want to do it and regardless of how you do it, you're helping. Yeah. And sometimes I'm saying, on I, mean, I understand what you're saying, but, maybe the channel or try to criticize him like this is not right. He's still doing good. When he's doing bad, I understand. You go for him, you do it. But when he's doing good, at least he's doing good. So be careful. Just like trying. And maybe the solution will be a platform for those guys to actually saying it's like backed by other people. I don't know. But right now, what is horrifying is like maybe some people will stop to do uh, those charity events because some people have criticized And this is yeah. what the people sometimes. I don't know. Maybe even like unions or federation clubs, whatever, even if they want to do some kind of like uh, event or things for, for, for charity or whatever, they are scared. They are scared. Maybe they're sponsored. They don't want to be affiliated. The commercial deals doesn't, doesn't allow them to do it. Oh, my God. When I hear those things. <laughs> oh.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I think the message is, just to finish, is to just do good and not care what anyone thinks. We've all just got to try and do good, haven't we?
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You got it.
1: Great. Well, thank you very much for your time, Louis. It's been an pleasure. absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. All the very best. You too. Bye. Speak soon. Bye.
0: The Phoenix Sports and Media Group provide honest and trustworthy professional advice and business solutions to the sports and media industry. For more information, visit www.psm-group.co.uk.